Good morning, everyone. We are so glad that you're with us. And to everyone watching online, I know there's many of you worshiping online with us this morning. Good morning. We're so glad that you are with us. I wanted to let you know a couple of quick announcements. The first one is, look, there's a beautiful rose on the altar. That means another baby uh, has been born into the life of the church. This is from the, uh, I know it's exciting. This is uh, from the ELC and the children's ministry, David Thomas Shaddix Jr. with the parents David and... Um, Mary Lynn. So how awesome is that? So exciting. I want to let you know also the children's ministry has a picnic November 15th. That's next Sunday from 1230 to 2 at Jennifer Smith's house. If you need that address, you can look on the church website under news. It'll be there or you can message Catherine or the children's page, but it's going to be awesome. So much fun outdoors. Uh, so everybody will feel safe. It's going to be great. Um, there's going to be a Christmas concert here. Uh, with the Gadsden State Choir with J.T. Harrell, November the 18th at 2 p.m. in the sanctuary. 
going to be the same uh, social distancing guidelines we have with our church services. So come on out and join us. It's going to be great. And this is my last announcement. This is really great. Um, This probably looks familiar because we do this every year. This is our Thanksgiving bags that go to the Salvation Army. It has a list of the things you buy. Um, If you don't even want to come pick up the bag from the church, just look for the list of items. We'll post them for you. And you can bring those items to the church so we can give these bags to people that want to have an awesome Thanksgiving meal. It's a lot of fun. You can do this with your family. Go buy everything on the list. Have a lot of fun with it. So it's pretty great. Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Loving God, we are so thankful that we can come together and worship together as a church family. Uh, Whether we're worshiping online or in person, I pray that you will help calm our hearts this morning and help us focus on you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.
All right, good job. All right, and I'm so glad to, oh, I'm getting echoes in here. That's, that's great. Hello, 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 hello. Now, I'm so glad that you're worshiping with us inside this building or at home, wherever you are, sitting out on the back porch, enjoying this beautiful weather. Uh, we are connected to you, whether we can see your face right here in front of us or whether we just know that you're there. If you're worshiping with us online, uh, say hello, say good morning to us. It, it makes us feel good when we see who's worshiping with us online. And if you have a prayer request, send that to us as well. You can go fumcgaston.org and you can send a prayer request and let us know what you want to pray for. Give us uh, celebration notices. Tell us how God has answered your prayers. We love to hear those. We're going to say a, press, a special prayer for uh, Veterans Day today. If you notice, we have uh, the flags from the armed services today, and this coming week is Veterans Day. Um, and oh, thank you. I almost forgot. Uh, Miss Catherine's going to take the children to Children's Church right now, and I know uh, Andy's tempted to run out there with them and play because he, he enjoys that. So, me too. Yeah. So we're going to have a special prayer for Veterans Day, um, and and just just remember our veterans. Uh, remember and pray that when you pray for them, pray that they will be uh, honored and remembered. Uh, pray that they will have what they need. Uh, pray for healing for uh, any physical or emotional wounds they have for, uh, from having served their country. And um, just, just say a special prayer for them. Do we have any uh, veterans in the building today? All right, I want to say to every veteran, my, my father was a veteran, my grandfather, all my uncles, a bunch of my cousins, thank you for your service. I do want to sincerely thank you. Uh, I want to thank you for your giving. We couldn't do what we do if you didn't give generously. You've received your, uh, your generosity card in the mail. I want to encourage you to go ahead and, and, and send that in and, and tell us how you're going to serve and how you're going to give uh, for the coming year for 2021. I'm going to have to get used to saying that. But thank you for your support of your church. Let's pray. Lord, on this day when uh, we could count our problems, we could grumble, but instead we're going to say thank you. Because even though it's been a hard year, we have so much to be thankful for. We um, have blessings that we can't even count. How could we praise you even half enough? We couldn't. But we're just going to try. We're just going to say thank you. We're going to say thank you for people who give. Thank you for people who serve. Thank you for this church. Thank you for our veterans. Thank you for all those who give unselfishly to try to make this world a better place. And for everyone who is struggling now, whether it's with uh, sickness, whether it's just with tremendous anxiety of our times, whether it's with problems that seem too big to solve. We know that you are a great big God and that you are able to give us everything we need to face whatever it is that we face. We remember how you've been there before and we know that you're going to be trustworthy going forward. 
Now take the tithes and offerings that people give, whether it's in the offering plate or online, and bless them, Lord. Multiply them and bless them so that your kingdom may be furthered. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
all month long we're talking about uh, having a thankful heart and last week we we talked about some of the benefits of having a thankful heart and what it means to remember with a thankful heart last week was all saints sunday and we remembered those that were special and dear to us and we lit candles for them and we said uh, thank you for your example Today we're talking about serving with a thankful heart and we're going back to the book of 1 Thessalonians, the letter that Paul wrote to the church at Thessalonica. We're going to look at chapter 1 verses 2 through 10 today. If you want to follow along with me at home or here, I think we're going to have uh, the screen, uh, words up on the screen as if by magic or remote control, uh, verses 2 through 10. We always give thanks to God for all of you and mention you in our prayers constantly, remembering before our God and Father your work of faith, your labor of love, and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers and sisters, beloved by God, that he has chosen you because our message of the gospel came to you not in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction, just as you know what kind of persons we proved to be among you for your sake. And you became imitators of us and of the Lord. In spite of persecutions, you received the word with joy inspired by the Holy Spirit so that you became an example to all believers in Macedonia and Achaia. For the word of the Lord has sounded forth from you not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but in every place your faith in God has become known so that we have no need to speak about it. For the people of those regions report about what kind of welcome we had among you and how you turned to God from idols to serve a living and true God and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus who rescues us from the wrath that is coming. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Not too long ago, I was pumping gas at the Shell station, and I just kind of absentmindedly looked at the person who was next to me, and I noticed that this guy had um, a sticker on the back of his truck that said U.S. Navy, which caught my attention because my dad served in the Navy. And he had on one of those hats that was, was blue and it had the name of the, of the ship on which he had served, USS something, I can't remember the name uh, of, of the ship. And as I looked across at him, he caught my eye and I caught his eye and we kind of nodded at each other. This is, this is, for those of you who are watching that aren't from the South, this is how we do in the South. We just we just kind of nod and acknowledge it. If you're walking the streets of some other city, you might not do that. You might keep your eyes down. So you don't want people to think you're a creeper or something. But in the South, we say hello that way. But as I walked by him, I didn't think the little nod was enough. And I just looked at him and I said, thank you for your service. Thank you for your service. Have you, ever said, have you ever said that to a veteran that you knew was a veteran? Thank you for your service. It's simple. But I really think it means a lot because I know what it feels like. Have you, let's flip that around. Have you ever had somebody after you did something, after you did some act of service, just say thank you. Thank you for doing that. 
It, it makes your day, doesn't it? Uh, I, as my mom used to say, even an old hound dog likes a pat on the head every now and then. It just it means something to say thank you for your service. But the Apostle Paul took thank you for your service and he ramped it up a couple of notches. And listen to what he said to the church in Thessalonica. He said, uh, we give thanks for you. So thank you for your service. He said, we pray for you. And then he said, we're always going to remember you. We're not going to forget you. So I think that we need to follow Paul's lead because I think, well, first of all, say thank you. But second of all, just, just do more than that. Do more than, ex than is expected when it comes to saying thank you because we have a severe lack of encouragement. We have a shortage. We have a drought of encouragement in our world today, don't we? And I think we've got tons of of criticism and we've got opinions running out our ears 24 7 but as far as just having somebody say thank you I'm praying for you and I'm not gonna forget you I'm not gonna so that's just in general but let's be specific to the scripture that we looked at today from first Thessalonians what is it that Paul said he was thankful for what is he going to gratefully remember the Thessalonians for? And three things. He said, first, I gratefully remember your work that comes from faith. I gratefully remember your work. Now, I know some people, and you've known some people, that worked really hard at getting out of work. It's like if you put that much effort in actually doing something, then you could really do a lot. But his word for work here in verse 3, it actually means a deed or an action. It doesn't mean, in other words, that the Thessalonians were just thinking about something or that they had an opinion about something, but they just acted on something. And why did they act? You know, when somebody does something, you think, well, why did you do that? It wasn't out of selfish interest. It wasn't, it wasn't because they wanted something to, in return. They acted from their faith. They believed in God. They believed in what they were doing. Uh, they believed, and from that position of conviction and belief, they acted. And that's the way it's supposed to be. That's the way it's supposed to be. So I wonder, I wish that we could just take that attitude and that attitude of, of doing deeds uh, inspired by our faith. And I wish that we could just take it and just spread it everywhere in all walks of life and everywhere so that, so that everyone could find something to do, some way to serve, but to do it from a place of deep conviction. I don't know, it just feels like we've lost that. Is it just me or does it feel like somehow we've lost that we've, maybe we knew how to do it once and we just forgot what it means to give service and to give it from a place of deep conviction. Maybe at one time we had it and we just kind of put it over in the corner and we've let it collect dust. So what if we just took it out and dusted it off 
And at every level of our society, from our homes to our church to politics to everything, to give service out of a place of deep conviction and core principles. So that nobody would have to ask us, what are, why are you doing what you're doing? And have us say, I don't know, just seemed like the thing to do. But instead saying, I'm doing this because of my deep faith and because of my strong conviction. That's why I'm doing it. And then secondly, Paul gratefully remembers their labor that comes from love. You say, well, he remembers their work. He remembers their labor in the same verse. Is he just being repetitive? Isn't work and labor the same thing? It's just, it sounds like he's repeating himself a little bit, but he's really not. Because work, we've already said work means your actions, okay? Your actions. Labor, this is so interesting. Labor is a different thing. The word labor in verse 3 literally means to strike a blow so hard that it makes you weary. That's what the word literally means. I think, picture somebody swinging a heavy hammer. And they swing it and they keep on swinging it past the point that they've gotten weary. But they just keep on going and keep on doing it anyway. Why would anybody do that? Why would you just keep on laboring after the point of, of just exhaustion. Well, here's the reason why. Because it's a labor of love. So, I've already asked you to have a mental picture of a person swinging a heavy hammer and just, just keep on keeping on. But I want you also to get a mental picture of, of, a, of a parent walking the floor with a crying baby and walking. If you've ever had a colicky baby and you've had to walk the floor all night long, baby crying, you can't really do anything except hold it and walk it, bounce it, you know, sing to her. So why would you do that? You're tired, you're weary. Why not just give up? Think of a, of a family member sitting in a hospital room it smells funny, it's cramped, the chair's uncomfortable, you don't want, you're tired, but you stay. Think about volunteers that go into a neighborhood after a storm has come through. They don't even know the people there, but they work and they, and they saw up tree limbs and they put tarps over roofs. They do all of this stuff for strangers, people they don't even know. They're tired and they're why, why would they do that? It's a labor of love, you see. It's a labor of love. And Paul says, I'm thankful, all you church at Thessalonica, I'm thankful when I see you doing that. And I want you to know from my heart, Pastor Sam says, hey church, thank you, because I see you doing that too. I see your labor of love. I see your work that comes from a place of faith. Paul gratefully remembers their steadfastness that comes from hope. Their steadfastness. To, to be steadfast is to persevere. It means, to quote Pastor Harvey Beck, it means to keep on keeping on. And Pastor Harvey quoted, I think he was quoting his grandmother, but he always said that. Keep on keeping on. Keep on keeping on. 
Why would somebody, why would somebody keep on keeping on? And the Thessalonians did it in the face of persecution. Paul said, I know that you keep on keeping on. I know that you're steadfast, and I know that it comes from your hope. Now, we, you, we throw the word hope around like it's nothing. It, it, we throw the word hope around like it's some kind of flimsy just wish or something. Like, I hope that it doesn't rain because I need to go to the grocery store. But real biblical hope is something altogether different. Real biblical hope, the word hope here means expectation of what is sure. Expectation of what is sure. So where is that hope? And in our lives, where is that hope? Certainly not in the weather. Not if you live in Alabama. It's not in... um, an expectation and a certainty that your team is always going to win, right? It'd be cool if it was, but you can't be certain. It isn't that your political candidate is going to win. It isn't in anything except looking back at verse 3, our hope, our real solid expectation of what is certain is in our Lord Jesus Christ and nothing else. As the hymn says, my hope is built on nothing nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. See, the Thessalonian church served, but they didn't just serve. They labored, and they didn't just labor. They were steadfast. They kept on keeping on in the face of harsh persecution because it came from a place of faith and and because it was a labor of love it wasn't something they had to do and because it was anchored in their hope in Jesus Christ so you say well bully for them great for the Thessalonians I'm glad that they could do that so if they could do that if that was a condition how did they catch that and that's what I, I think of. I think about this being something that they catch because uh, this is something I think they caught more than they were taught. The Thessalonians were the way they were because they were following the example of Paul and Timothy and Silvanus who were following the example of Jesus. You see how that works? That's kind of how this condition is caught, this condition of serving from a place of faith, hope, and love. And then you know what the Thessalonians did after that? Well, they passed it on. They passed it on, um, this condition of being steadfast in your service, rooted in your faith and your hope and your love. In verses 6 through 8, Paul says, You became imitators of us and of the Lord in spite of persecution. You received with joy, inspired by the Holy Spirit, so that you became an example to the Macedonians and to the people in Achaia. You became an example. You saw our examples. We were following Jesus. You saw how we were among you. And then you went and you took that, that same conviction of service rooted in faith, hope, and love, and you took it and you passed it on to somebody else. Wow. 
So Paul said, thank you for your service. I'm praying for you. And I'll always remember you. You might be thinking, well, what can I do? You know, what, what is it? I, I, I don't, we're in the middle of a pandemic. What could I do, you know? Maybe, maybe you feel like that you're, you're at home and you can't get out and what can I do? Or I can't go and do what I normally would do because I'm limited. Or... There was a man in the first church that I served after I got out of seminary and his name was Gilbert Black. Let me tell you about Gilbert. Um, Gilbert was the biggest University of Tennessee fan I have ever known in my life. Um, if you had gone into Gilbert's office, he, he worked for a wholesale grocery place in Huntsville. If you had gone into Gilbert's office, what you would have seen in his office was wall-to-wall, floor-to-ceiling, orange things. <laughs> I mean, talking about jerseys, I'm talking about autographed football helmets, I'm talking about mugs, I'm talking about banners, I'm talking about posters, memorabilia. It was, it was overwhelming. I always had the idea that his family wouldn't let him keep it at home, so he, he took it to work and had his office at work. But that wasn't the biggest thing. You see, Gilbert had a Tennessee Vols orange three-piece suit, complete with orange and white checkered shirt and orange tie with an orange hat and orange shoes and an orange walking cane and he would wear that to church and you are sitting there and you're thinking that is the unless you're a Tennessee fan you're thinking that is the gaudiest sounding outfit I have ever even tried to imagine it burns my brain to think about it but if you saw the smile on Gilbert's face when he walked down the aisle of that church in his orange suit I promise you, you could not help but smile. By the time I got to, to this church, uh, Gilbert wasn't able to come to church anymore. He, uh, his mind was sharp as a tack, but his legs did not work anymore very well, and he was on oxygen most of the time. But you know what Gilbert loved even more than he loved the Tennessee Vols? He loved serving God by serving his church. And here's what Gilbert did. Like I said, he couldn't get out. But he spent his whole life working the phones uh, for his business. And so he worked the phones for, for the church. Here's what he did. Gilbert gave a phone call to everybody that ever visited that church. And he just had a conversation with him in a way that only Gilbert could. And he did this not because he expected a reward for it. He did this because he had a deep personal conviction that everybody ought to feel welcomed and that everybody ought to be treated as if they were a friend. That's why he was so successful in his business. That's why he loved going to work every day. 
And that's how he treated everybody that he talked to that came and they visited that church. I can't tell you how many people that ended up joining that church that said one of the reasons why they joined was because of somebody they'd never met named Gilbert that talked to them on the phone and welcomed them. Gilbert steadfastly served. I'm talking about like the Energizer Bunny serving Keeping on, keeping on. But it was a labor of love. It truly was a labor of love. And it came from a place of deep conviction. Because he loved Jesus and he loved his church. And his attitude made you want to do the same thing. It was contagious. It was an inspiration to me as a young man. I'll never forget him. Now, we have some great servers in this church. Y'all are an inspiration to me. To every one of y'all who steadfastly serve and who serve out of love and out of a place of deep conviction, I want to say to you today, thank you for your service. And I'm praying for you, and I'll always remember you. And I also want to say, if you're looking for a place to serve, there are ways that you can serve. We have, I can give you some specific ways. Uh, we need, you know, we need some greeters for our celebration service. We need some folks that can help us with the soundboard and with the cameras for our live streaming. We need help with our clothes closet. We need help with Ladle of Love. We're trying to put together a new serving team for Ladle of Love on Fridays. We need, can, can use help with worship arts, with preparing for special services, with uh, youth and children's ministries. are always looking for people that can help out and are willing to. Our mission project, Pastor Andy showed you our, our, the paper sacks. We have a mission project. We're all the time doing things in mission. You can do all kinds of things. So, here's the challenge. We, let's just call this the Thessalonian challenge. Maybe it'll become viral and just go everywhere. So, here's the challenge. Who will be inspired by your steadfast service rooted in faith, hope, and love? By mine. What will those who are around us catch because of our example may it be something that is worth catching may it be something that causes them to give thanks to God let us pray God the people who have had the most influence and effect on our lives if we look back on it are the people who have been servants, the people who have, have given their efforts and their talents and have kept on doing so steadfastly. And we know that they've done it not because they expected something in return, but because they loved. They did it out of a place of deep personal conviction, out of their core values. We ask you, Lord, to help us catch that same thing. Help us to catch that so that when somebody says their prayers at night, they say, thank you for us.
We ask all of this in the name of Christ our Lord. Amen.
And now hear this benediction. With thankful hearts, go forth to serve. Be the reason that someone else is thankful. Amen.